and a good afternoon to you. I'm Al Cresta. On March 22nd of 1606, St. Nicholas Owen, the Jesuit lay brother and carpenter extraordinaire, died under torture in the Tower of London. And you may ask yourself, huh, who is St. Nicholas Owen? I thought that was a question that you'd probably be curious about. I'm certainly curious about, and we're blessed to have Stephanie Mann with us. Stephanie's the author of Supremacy and Survival, How Catholics Endured the English Reformation. Uh, it's available from Scepter Publishers. She resides in Wichita, Kansas, and blogs at supremacyandsurvival.blogspot.com. Stephanie, good to have you back. Thanks. Good afternoon, Al. Thanks for getting in touch with me. It's good to talk to you again. Well, let's talk about this. He dies in 1606, so he was roughly, when was he born, and when did he flourish? They have a date, it's not really certain of his birth, and, but uh, he was in England for about 20 years before that uh, with uh, different Jesuits. He was with Father John Gerard and also with Father Henry Garnett, uh, who were leading the the whole Jesuit mission to, to England, mm-hmm. and he was a lay brother of, of the Jesuits. But the great thing that he had learned as a young man was to be a carpenter, but he was a carpenter of a special type. What he could do was within these great Catholic recusant homes build hiding places so that they, you know, uh, uh, but hide in fake doors or fake walls or something so that someone, a priest, could slip inside this hiding place and stay there while the house was being searched and hopefully survive and be able to be let out when when uh, the pursuivants or whoever was checking to see if there was a Catholic priest in the house was gone. Yep. And that was his great, in addition to just helping the priests as they traveled around, that was his great thing. But the interesting thing about the, these, Al, these hiding places is no one, I don't, think, I don't think anyone's tried to reverse engineer them yet. There are houses now that we find them in has really figured out how he did these things, how he did these <laughs> secret doors. and Really? And, yeah. This, uh, I'm sure someone's going to do it sometime, but it just hasn't been done yet, because they've, they've just been discovered and rediscovered in the last century, really. Wow. Uh, take us back, and for okay. people who are unfamiliar with the history here, why were Catholics hiding? Catholic priests were hiding. Right. Well, it was an act of treason for an Englishman to go to the continent and study for the priesthood and then return to England as a Catholic priest. As soon as he set foot, or within a day or so of having set foot on English soil, he was considered a traitor and therefore was... uh, could be arrested, tortured, and would usually be executed by being hanged, drawn, and quartered, a, a horrible method of death. Now, also, Catholics, lay Catholics, were in danger, too, because it was illegal to attend Mass, and it was certainly illegal to assist a Catholic priest in any way as he traveled around uh, giving the sacraments to the underground Catholic Church, because it, it was illegal to be, a, to be a practicing Catholic in England. Uh, from uh, the time of Henry VIII until, actually, um, the time of the Georgians in 1829. Wow. Um, so, in order to survive, uh, Catholics figured out a way uh, of hiding priests, is that it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, the priests would come, and they'd be in disguise, and they'd have aliases and alter egos, uh, 
I think like Edmund Campion, he he was supposed to be a horse trader or something like that. And mm-hmm. they learned they so they'd have a cover story basically why they were there, why they hadn't been seen before, and and why they were traveling. So it was good to have some kind of sales job or something yeah. that would yeah. explain why you're traveling around the country and you're not just in one place. And so yes, they 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 had these certain houses that. Catholic families would host the priests so that they could have the sacraments, and they developed this, especially the Jesuits, with their network of of, uh, safe houses, you might call them, developed this idea of having these hiding places. And actually, Nicholas Owen was arrested after having been in one of his own hiding places in the aftermath of the gunpowder plot. Yes. Because in 1605, November 5th, the 5th of November in 1605, there was a plot. The Catholic a group of Catholics were so desperate that they plotted to blow up the Houses of Parliament and kill, King, who was the king on the throne at that time, James I, his family, anyone who was attending that, the, the meeting of Parliament at that time. And when the plot was discovered, uh, the main conspirators, the laymen and the, the leaders who had, had uh, Guy Fox and his group, were arrested or, or died in, in uh, gunfights, and they were soon executed, And but then they wanted to find out who had known about this plot, mm. and, and that particularly the Jesuits, and particularly Father Henry Garnett, who was indeed the provincial of the Jesuits in England, and Nicholas Owen was with Father Garnett when he was arrested. So... When he was arrested, the authorities wanted to find out uh, what he knew about the gunpowder yes. plot and uh, whether, you know, he uh, cooperated in some way, uh, conspired with them. Um, and uh, so what were the circumstances under which he was arrested? Well, they were in uh, the home of Thomas Hammington in Worcester. It's called Hinlip Hall. And Father Old, uh, Father uh, Garnett, another priest named Edward Olcorn, and another lay brother named Ralph Ashley and Nicholas Owen were in that at that home. And there was a report that there was a Catholic priest there, so the authorities came to search the house. And this was a known recusant house. These people had been involved in in other plots, and they were trying to find out what involvement there was with the gunpowder plot there. And so they went into two separate hiding holes. And they were there for several days, and they had not been found. But actually, they came out because they were becoming dehydrated. They were becoming mm. so weak for lack of food and water. You know, yeah. you can't go long without. You can go longer right. without food than we can without water. And so they actually basically surrendered. Okay. Uh, and of course, they knew what that meant, and so they were taken off to the Tower of London. And they they didn't want so from Nicholas Owen, what they really wanted to know. They found those two hiding holes because they came out of them. But they really wanted to know in what houses he had built those homes, okay. who had been cooperating with him, and how to find those other hiding places. Hmm. And they tortured him. And that's him. why he, and so they were torturing him. He was already suffering, I guess, you know, you can imagine the back-breaking work that this was, too. And he was not a very tall man. He was described as short of stature. And he had a hernia. Hmm. And so he was being tortured on the rack and being oh. hung by, hanged by the wrist. And finally, they, and he would tell them nothing, or he told them things that they already knew, you know, like that he'd been with this priest at, at this time, and that didn't help him with anything. 
And so they increased the torture so much that he died uh-huh. under the, torture. The, the the hernia rupture. Yes, mm. and so and then he he just died of. Uh, it, they, and then of course they didn't do anything for him medically or to assist him in any way. So he died in excruciating pain. And then the authorities did, took it up a notch and and ruled uh, had a, a, a quick. Uh, coroner's trial and ruled that he committed suicide that he had committed suicide wow wow so kind of doubling down on it yeah. that not only was he a traitor but he was a coward that, that's cowardice in, in right in the eyes of people at that time was he committed suicide to avoid the torture and to avoid of course in some ways revealing more under that torture and of course the the catholic community immediately said that he would never have done that. He would never have taken his own life. Mm-hmm. And so they had to cover it up because they had... Uh, so I don't know if the date is absolutely certain that it was this, this date because, again, it was the authorities who yeah. kept this information yeah. quiet and, and issued the cover-up to besmirch his name in, in deeper ways. But he's, a, he's just an incredible... Uh, figure, and we, we don't, we, there's no picture of him, we don't yeah. know what he looked like, we just know that he was short of stature, he was very strong, he walked with a limp because one time he had been riding a horse and the horse fell on him, oh. so he'd had an injured leg, and yet he was able, in the dark of night, working always by himself, to build these places of refuge for pursued Catholic priests in 17th century, late 16th and 17th century England. Did he have... Uh, did it- do we know anything about his family? Uh, we we know. We don't know that much about his family. There are some dates that are associated with him. I think he was born around 1550, and they think he was born around Oxford. There are some sources that, that give a name of uh, his father's name is Walter Owen, and it being a carpenter, and that's how he learned his trade. But they don't have that much information about him. Yeah. But Father John Gerard, another one of the Catholic... Jesuit priest he assisted said that no one can be said to have done more good of all those who labored in the English vineyard. Wow. <laughs> a, a remark, I mean, that's, that's a remarkable... That's high praise, comment. yeah. High praise. In other words, you know, I mean, we know what the priests were doing and magnificent things they were doing, but the fact that he provided them with so much protection and aid, and not only in leading them around the country. He helped Father Gerard escape from the Tower of London Yeah, yeah. Uh, earlier How, at, during the reign of Elizabeth I. Is that, the, is that by hiding him? No, they figured out a way to get him out, but he, he assisted with it after he got out the window, you know, conveying him away from the Tower and getting him on the, the uh, Thames and, and off, to secret, off to safety. Uh, how many of the houses uh, in which St. Nicholas Owen built priest holes uh, have been, you know, are, are known today and could be visited? I don't know, that, uh, particularly right off the top of my head. I know <laughs> that there are, there, I think there's, there are some that are associated with the Throckmorton family, and then this one that I mentioned of the Thomas Habington family. But certainly someone could do a quick search on hiding holes in, uh, or hiding priest holes in, in England and find out. And some of these homes are now open. Coughlin Court, which is the one that Throckmorton's owned, I think that is open to the public so people can actually see these priest holes. Yeah, yeah. Now. Yeah. And how they work. Yeah. No, it's, it's just amazing. 
And uh, I, I just think, again, for us to know, in a sense, you know, try to understand the history of our own people here is very important, right. you know? Um, yes, so. because this was the, the part of the suspicion of Catholics that came to the British colonies yep. and was still true at the beginning of our country. And, I mean, until the, into the but you say into the 20th century and, and even today. Yeah, definitely into the 20th century for certain. And you'll still find places where Catholics yes. are under suspicion. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much. Wonderful talking with you again. And I always thank appreciate you. your help. Thank you very much. God bless you, Al. Stephanie Mann is author of Supremacy and Survival, How Catholics Endured the English Reformation. Great book. I'm Al Crest.